0: Welcome to the Burt Show. I know I got hurt, but help me, M.D. And turn me back into a healthy M.C. MD.
1: Welcome to Farms Not Farms podcast, episode 19. Today we're going to be talking with a patient who has been taking uh, cannabis oil for some time and even started giving it to his mother. And uh, we're going to welcome Graham Marshall Mueller to the show. Hey, Graham, how you doing?
0: Good, how are
1: you? I'm well, thank you. So I wanted to bring you on the show today to discuss your experience and your mother's experience with taking uh, cannabis oil and specifically yes. high CBD oil. And um, do you want to just maybe shed a little light on uh, the back end of the story and, and where we're at now?
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I started taking it when I got out of the hospital, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Uh, About mm, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, flip flopped around a bunch of different doctors, a bunch of different meds, and uh, couldn't really find anything that works. Long story short, I had to go in for a blood transfusion. And when I got out of that, I just said, I need to make some kind of a radical change. I I kept doing the meds that they were prescribing, but I also started up some CBD. you know as you remember I started slow I started with the 40s and then went to the I think 60s or 80s and then 100 and then you know now we're just you know I'm taking the maximum potency and I've felt a difference that's my symptoms have gone into remission um, wow. that's one important thing yeah it's been let's see three and a half years I've been symptom-free amazing and um, It's it's amazing. Now I am still taking the meds they prescribed, uh, you know, sulfasalazine and azathioprine, you know. So, but I've been able to um, shrink the dosage of those um, basically in half, and um, I've been taking the CBD. And right now, I have a uh, recipe that works, and it keeps my symptoms at bay. So I'm stoked, and I was so happy with it when I was reporting these um, effects to my mom who's been suffering from migraines since I was a little kid like I remember her puking in the car like literally pulling over and puking because her migraine was so bad that she's, you know, I I said maybe CBD and I read some studies that came out of Israel and some other ones that came out of Canada and they just said CBD has uh, an action upon the um parasympathetic nervous system which is also responsible for these what they call quotidian rhythms which is just basically you know as you probably know waking and your your metabolism gets fired up and you know once you see daylight or you know hit your eyeball then all these other systems fire up and for my mom her pituitary gland would just go crazy and you know they made a connection with the pituitary and migraine. So I thought, well, CBD, let's just see. And I started her on 40 milligrams, and then she went to 80. And I think, I don't know where she's at now. She talked to you last, but I know she, her dose is pretty high. It's probably up where I'm at. And she hasn't had a migraine in, um, I think last time I talked to her, it was like a month, and that was a couple of months ago. She said, wow, I can't believe I haven't had a migraine in a month. And the best part is that she's been able to cut her gnarly prescriptions in half and um, some side effects that she was telling me about from Imitrex is when the, the injection she takes when she feels a migraine coming on. It can't stop the migraine but it's able to kind of stem it. It's called Imatrex and it just gives her all kinds of other, you know, high blood pressure, um, can't sleep, um, you know, can't eat, you know, all these other side effects and, and so I've been wanting to get her off Imatrex for a long time. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, so, bam. So, and I said Here's my boy Brent You gotta call him So I <laughs> give your name and number I've seen about a dozen people so far But I hope you don't
1: mind <laughs> I mean I'm just honored to be in a position To share relief That I've found, you know
0: Right on, yeah I'm, I'm so stoked And I was so stoked on that That, you know started a hemp farm so that we could just grow our own as they say mm. indeed yes
1: so so just talk a little bit about um or at least why don't you tell our listeners what you do for a living
0: well <clears throat> i for the last six years i've been flipping houses in the Denver real estate market and that's been a lot of fun mm-hmm. and very rewarding but also um very strenuous and um I was looking for a way to pivot into something more sustainable um you know over the long term. Yeah. Uh, so one of the guys I was working with uh was also a genetics uh expert um in cannabis and he said, you know, the 2018 Farm Bill opened up the field on hemp and why don't we do it? And, it's, you know, this was back in February. And I was like, well, you're crazy. <laughs> so, you know, we've only got, you know, two months to prepare for the growing season. And then we got, you know, you've know, you you've got one shot at this and it's it's going to be expensive. And there's a million reasons why it's going to fail. So, no. And so, anyway, long story short, he every day at work, he was just like, hey, why not? Why not? You know, we're doing electrical. We're doing plumbing. And he's like, why not? Why not? So, finally, I said, all right, well, let's, you know, we don't have any land. We don't have any water. So, let's search about it. So anyway, we found a guy um, out in Strasbourg. He's got a bunch of land, he's got a bunch of water, and we formed a partnership. And so I'm proud to say that as of today, we've been in the hemp business for two months, and we've got about 40,000 seedlings that we're getting ready to put in the ground. And we're going to put them in the ground next week. So (laughs)
1: we'll see. God willing, that'll all work out swimmingly. Yes. And your mother will have (laughs) her own tub of CBD. That's right. You know, that's
0: my true motivation there is to get my mom some free CBD for the rest of her
1: life. That's a a good son. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the reason why I asked you what you were doing for a living prior to the hemp farm is because, you know, you were running a crew and, you know, being, uh, you know, a boss working construction, hard work, hard labor, yet you were taking yet taking pretty large doses of CBD oil, and still functioning. Yeah. In fact, from what I was hearing from you, functioning even better. I was, I was functioning um,
0: a lot better. In fact, when I got out of the hospital because I was in a bed so long that you know i had a lot of atrophy in my back and my legs yeah i lost uh, a lot of weight so you know i look like gandhi from the side and um it was painful it was very painful and i started taking cbd because it was supposed to help alleviate the pain and um it did i mean my lower back feels as 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 good as it ever has and I remember, you know, injuring it in college, et cetera, and skiing, et cetera. And I always had some kind of nagging, sort of like, if you turn this way too hard, it's going to, you know, pinch you. But all of that is gone now, and I I hate to sound like one of these, you know, um, hemp is going to save the world, but for me, CBD really puts uh, life in perspective because it just kind of, it just kind of erased the, uh, memory of that pain Mm. that I was experiencing, you know, and I didn't have to sit there and think about it. So it allowed me to do, you know, lifting 80 pound bags of concrete, you know, see, you order a hundred bags of concrete and you got to lift them and move them around when they get to the job site. And you don't realize, okay, yeah, we're about to move 8,000 pounds of concrete. Here we go. And and <laughs> so I had I had my whole crew taking CBD.
1: Yeah, you told me at one point that you were recovering so well from your days and you were going into work feeling great and everybody else was sore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I had um, a lot of guys that were younger than me even um, that had a problem standing up straight or had problems lifting their... Hands over their head um, in the case of uh, drywall, et cetera, where you've got to you know manipulate objects that are above you yeah. on a ceiling, for example. And you know we were constantly having guys, you know, oh, I'm not working on the ceiling today. You know, that was the kind of saying, all right, who wants to work on a ceiling? You know, we need mud, we need tape, we need texture, we need paint. You know, who's going to help me get these ceilings done? And you know, it was a constant revolving crew. Uh, guys that would get up there on the ladder and start doing that. Well, you know, if you can't find someone to do it, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. So I spent many days on the ladder working on ceiling because I was just the only one who felt good enough to do it. <laughs> so you know,
1: for sure. Well, it's uh, it's fascinating that so many people are able to explore our own healing journey without having to really depend on anybody because we have the ability to grow food or, or, or you know in this case uh i, I want to call it medicine though the fda doesn't want to call cbd medicine of, other than epidemics and so i just want to say plants you know yeah and
0: plants, resources we can convert it to fuel we can convert it to medicine we you know it's just it's not just medicine
1: no so, high protein food high omega-3s and you know really really great
0: exactly it's uh, hemp industrial hemp really has so many uses and potential that uh, we've only begun to scratch the surface of it right now i'm interested in like building products with hemp you know like hempcrete etc um And, you know, we're right now talking to some people who are builders here in Denver, construction crews, that are looking for greener alternatives. Mm. Because one of the things I realized when I was flipping houses is that I was in the position to buy lots of harmful chemicals, whether it's concrete. If you breathe concrete, you get silicosis. Whether it's you know drywall dust, if you breathe drywall dust, you get you know uh, uh, you know the itis in your lung, lung itis, for lack of a better term. You know um, every chemical we were using yeah. in our daily course of business, uh, bought at Home Depot or Lowe's or one of these other places, is harmful. It's harmful to you. It's harmful to the environment. And so, being part owner of a forty acre hemp farm now, I'm I'm seeing all these strategic alliances in the building community where people want alternatives to concrete. They want alternatives to, you know, drywall mud and texture and all the conventional building products right now that are carcinogenic. Yeah. Um, The world needs that, you know, and Denver needs it because we're building at such a rapid pace. It's unbelievable. You know, you try to get a small order of concrete. This is kind of a sideline, but, you know, a three yard order of concrete, good, good, luck, because Denver is selling concrete by the truckload, (laughs) Hmm. and and it's just an indication of, you know, the explosive growth we've been seeing. The the demon underlying all that is that all of these building products are all harmful in some way, and, um, you know, boy, if we could change that, we would be changing the world.
1: Well, one step at a time. (laughs)
0: You know, I come to the job and like I see guys, you know, saw cutting concrete, like with a dry blade, you know, because the pump went out or something. And it's just dust everywhere and nobody's wearing masks, you know, and then two days later, everybody's got a cough or a cold, you know
1: and it's a real thing look at all the workers back from new york city or the rest of the country that were you know getting asbestos working in buildings or of course we have you know you're moving to a place now you have to sign a lead paint waiver and all these things are real and they're real they're real and they're
0: real in your pocketbook when you go have to get
1: a doctor and you don't have insurance you know (laughs) well forget about money we only have time
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly they're real in the sense that you lose time. And I lost a lot of time sitting in that hospital bed. I don't know why, I, you know, alternative colitis decided to visit me one day. It could be my diet. It could be the chemicals in our food. It could be Monsanto. You know, could be a million things. But um, a definite paradigm shift took place for me to say, hey, if I don't do something now, um, it's going to be too late.
1: Yeah, man, you know, everyone, our babies, our elders, us, we're all affected by where we live and what we live in and, you know, the detergents on our clothes or that we use or on our bedding or the chemicals that come on our clothes when we get them or on, you know, our um, Tupperware or, you know, the tinfoil we're conditioned to use or all these things that are ultimately literally harmful when we're mixing them with things that we ingest or things that seep into our pores or what we're breathing and a hemp creep building is much less susceptible to mold. It's much more uh, durable uh, to fire. It will withstand high temperatures and actual flame without burning for up to six hours, I think. And it's super light, super easy to work with. And, um, so yeah, in that way, hemp yeah. is the future, is the now, and I definitely uh, want to bring somebody on the show and talk a little bit more about hempcrete and um, how that is being yeah. applied. You know, I would love to learn more about it. I know a man named John Patterson uh, with tiny hemp houses, and you know we also brought on Tony Budden on the show uh, a few weeks back, and he's out in South Africa and he's world famous for hemp. Uh, for building a hemp house and, and and doing that, you know, in Africa, he lives in a hemp house. He talked about he's sleeping on hemp sheets and using everything hemp, you know, hemp sock, no. everything, and hemp in his. It's food. just so versatile. It's, it is. It's just it, so versatile. It's a and super plant. It can take the place
0: of so many things.
1: We have something called an endocannabinoid system in our body that is the reason why cannabis has the ability to work. And when we when we learn about us. We can understand a little bit more about how to navigate us, you know, and yeah. uh, and help ourselves instead of depending yeah. on others who are only helping for a dollar and have a limited ability to care because they have so much, um, so many patients and so and their own lives, and that's not everyone, but it's us. It's when we are so busy, we have more reason to pay attention to detail and you know it's easy to get complacent in that regard especially through our conditioning oh this is what we use oh that's what that's what we do and you know it's uh not all of it is is safe and like bp bpa plastic they no longer are putting that on plastic but they're putting new things on that we don't know about yet you know <laughs> and uh, one day we're going to find out about that and so it's really important that we're mindful about what we're using how we're doing it and um, look your whole life has changed you know
0: I see it as a battle between the people that have their light on for lack of a better term and the entrenched corporate interests that can pay to preserve the status quo, i.e., building manufacturers, you know, concrete, drywall, you know, uh, the galvanized process, you know, and, you know, ways that we're um, currently building. Those interests are so entrenched. Our codes are set up to support them. City codes tell you that you must use this building material and you can't use anything else. So hempcrete suffers from not having the right support. I'm just using this as an example. You could say even the hemp plant itself is a serious underdog when it comes to being adopted and part of our normal daily use. You know, we've got the people that have turned their light on, we've got to make those choices to number one, not support the status quo. But number two, if we're going to build something like for me, I can't just build a house out of Creek right now today because it won't get permitted. I won't get it signed off. It won't get sold. And ultimately, I won't be able to make my money back. So there's no incentive for me to start using it right now. So where does it begin? It begins at the state and local level where the standards uh, committee can come in. You know, you got ISO, you got OSHA, you got all these other building practices and standards. And they do their own testing, and they say, okay, fine. If you don't want to use concrete, you can use hempcrete. And all of a sudden now, Home Depot will start carrying it. Manufacturers will start making it. End users will start buying it, and it will get some traction. But, man, getting it over that hurdle right now, um, that's the real challenge, in my opinion.
1: I believe that solution flies with those of us who work in that industry, and have the ability to represent our interests, and speak up and say, "Hey, you, our representatives, represent your constituents, and we are saying we want healthier alternatives. We have them. Help us use them. And um, Help us use them. we're not yeah, going not to exactly. accept. We're not going to accept no. And we're going to speak up. And that voice, your voice." is absolutely priceless because lives depend on it, as you just said. So that incentive is your mother. That incentive is you and me and everyone you care about, everyone you don't know who cares about someone or someone cares about. And that is what activism is. It's realizing the bigger picture and saying, hey, I know that you find the ability to take care of your family and yourself important. And let's sustain that rather than, Enjoy, or, 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 you know, struggling through this uphill battle of constantly looking to protect interests that aren't serving us and controlling others, you know, and and perhaps we can, you know, it's, it's tough because people with a whole lot of money have the ability to incorporate, you know, healthier alternatives, though we're still all conditioned. And people with money aren't the enemy. In fact, in this case, people who are sitting in a positions of power Need to be our friend, you know, yeah. because exactly. we're all the same, money or not. We're all under the sun. We're all human. When we're in pain, we want to get out of it immediately.
0: Yeah, we all share that human condition. I mean, you know, we in the city and county, Denver. Just to change the subject for a minute, we did raise our voice when we decriminalized psilocybin, sure, and magic mushrooms, as they're called. But I found it strange that, you know, I was talking with a friend recently about Denver Initiative 301, and it doesn't really take the teeth out of, you know, the law. I mean, for example, the DEA still views it as illegal. I mean, we're still in a conundrum where not not all of your legislative bodies have come to an agreement on this thing. All the Denver Initiative does is prohibit... The law enforcement from spending any quote unquote resources on um, you know arresting people and you know criminalizing mushrooms, but it doesn't mean that they're quote unquote legal. Like yeah. you can start growing them, you know. It just kind of restricts law enforcement from you know uh, really giving you a hard time, but. The way it's written, it's just so loose. You know, the funny thing is, I was talking about this with my friend, and I just had this assumption, yeah, Denver legalized mushrooms. Everyone's talking about legalized mushrooms. Yeah, we legalized mushrooms. Aren't we great? And then you really kind of dig into it, you read it, and you say, well, no, no, we really didn't. You know, we I guess you could say we decriminalized, but, you know, even that is a loose reading of this Initiative 301 which really, at the end of the day, just kind of lays out this groundwork for law enforcement to not pursue these crimes, but it doesn't—it doesn't, you know, really say that it's, you know, been decriminalized. That there's no possibility of a criminal penalty for, you know, having them, possessing them, selling them, etc. The reason I'm talking about it is because microdosing is something I've been interested in for a long time. I've been in, you know, reading about microdosing and really trying to understand the effects and benefits and the drawbacks. And, you know, one of the main hurdles in microdosing is getting a constant supply of known, good, high-quality, high-potency medicine. I mean, let's just not call it mushrooms right now. Let's just call it medicine because that's what it is. So we want to do a microdose of this medicine and, you know, find what works for us. But we can't because we can't rely on a consistent supply, Mm -hmm. you know. And so the whole thing is just kind of in this catch-22, where, you know, it's like initiative 301. Yeah, sure, you know, go ahead and experiment. But it's like, how are you supposed to do it? Because it's still, it's still you know, if you get pulled over with a big bag of mushrooms in your car, yeah. <laughs> They're going to either confiscate them or give you some kind of a fine or a ticket. I mean, you know, yeah, and that's not a felony, but it's not, quote-unquote, legal. It's not like you're carrying a bushel of apples, you know.
1: Yeah, decriminalized basically means that it's not a felony to possess it. It doesn't say that you can wear, you know, anything about buying it. It says that selling it Selling it, it, selling it is a felony.
0: Micro-dose
1: you know, essence. so you can't sell it. You might be able to grow it, though there's not much um, you know, clarity around that as far as I know. Though a few episodes ago, I did interview Kevin Matthews, the campaign director for Decriminalized Denver. Huh? And yeah, so that's a that's an in- informative episode that you guys can listen to if you want to learn a little bit more about the initiative, or I guess about now what is law. Um, psilocybin mushrooms have been decriminalized. In fact, um, I think it's Oakland, California, just decriminalized them as well as peyote. So that's pretty yeah. big. Um, and you know there are places, the different states. Let's say that when the federal government
0: actually a township or county that uh, decriminalized Magic Mushrooms as well. Pardon? And Michigan, actually, okay. um, where my mom was from, uh, where I, you know, grew up, um, had initiatives initiative similar to Denver's 301, where they decriminalized Mushrooms. I haven't dug deep into that law to find out how it's written, but I imagine it's probably the same thing. You know, if you're if you're running around out there and you got a couple of caps and a stem in your pocket and you get pulled over, okay, you're not going to get thrown in jail. If you're in Denver. If you're in Denver, one of these other communities that we're talking about, but you know, it, I guess it's got to start somewhere and I'm happy that, you know, it started in Denver and, uh, but I think that there's more work to do before we can get microdosing on the shelves. You know, I mean, from what I've read, um, Human psychology responds very well to microdosing of psilocybin because it opens up uh, serotonin receptors.
1: Brain,
0: neural pathways that, you know, either you're going to produce more serotonin or it's going to stay in the synapse longer and slow the uptake. But in either way there's positive effects that come from that. Um, and I want to, you know, it's a plant based medicine that helps us, uh, get out from the boot of big pharma right now. The boot of big pharma and insurance is on everybody's neck, with the IRS imposing fines and penalties. If you don't have insurance, if you do have insurance, you're paying out the wazoo. And oftentimes you can't get any kind of, uh, medical, um, assistance unless you come up with a massive, uh, um, you know, deductible. It's like, yeah, I'm going in for some x-rays, but I got to meet my $5,000 deductible before the, uh, insurance kicks in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even though you have insurance, you're just paying for the x-rays anyway, because they're cheaper than the deductible. So, I mean, the whole quality of healthcare in this country is just completely, upside down and I think plant-based medicine, whether it comes from hemp or cannabis or psilocybin or some other form, you know, Coyote, anything that, you know, um, can help us get out from under the boot. Cause man, it's tough being down
1: here. <laughs> yeah, it's important to know how to help ourselves and to help each other. And you know, just, just for clarity, all hemp is cannabis. It's just defined yeah. as 0.3% THC or less. And anything above that THC content is defined as through the uh, federal federal government as marijuana, yes. But they're the same plant. Um, And, you know, things that can be done by townships or counties or, you know, um, regions speaking up and, and working together and then networking. The governors of 12 states, including uh, Republicans and Democrats from Utah, Vermont, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Nevada, New York, South Dakota, Washington, Oregon, uh, and Massachusetts, just signed an initiative to send, to, the letter, uh, to send a letter to the federal government urging congressional leaders to pass uh, legislation to respect state marijuana laws. So it's those kinds of, it's these kinds of actions and efforts where, you know, we optimize our now for us and then we find others who are doing the same thing. We team up and we glow and our glow shines light in dark spaces for others to realize, hey, we have the ability to not only wake up, but live. You know, in the immortal words of Bob Marley, wake up and live. And Mm -hmm. they they say the promised land is a state of mind. So ultimately, how we choose to operate is up to us. And we can conform and subscribe to these conditions that are not serving us. Or we can change the paradigm by literally cultivating what does serve us. And it's just a different perspective. It's the same life.
0: Yeah, and I like your use of the word cultivate. (laughs) well because it is we've got to cultivate literally and figuratively you know we've got to cultivate our minds our lives our fields everything you know needs cultivation because what happens in a complacent society like a lot of capitalist societies you know where people just depend on their burgers and you know delivery, and you don't even need to leave the house. You got Amazon, you know, and we get complacent. And we don't care. We're handing over the keys to our fields and our minds, you know, and our bodies. We're handing over the keys to somebody else who ultimately is going to make the decision of what ingredients go into this formula and who's going to benefit from it. And for a long time, it's not been us. And I say the word us, you know, and I mean you know, your your average, everyday person. Now, I'm not talking about you, Jeff Bezos and your Bill Gates, who either by, you know, some gift of universe or some lucky stroke, you know, had a, a better mousetrap. But, you know, there's just so many people out there that are wanting to do the right thing, but unfortunately have unconsciously giving away the keys to their own castle and um yeah you can get them back by simply cultivating yeah
1: real real (laughs) you know we don't i took
0: that little metaphor a little far but you
1: get my my drift (laughs) well it's all love and it's it's with good intent you know so uh thank you graham and uh you know thank you (laughs) well my pleasure
0: And um, so the name of my farm, since you may or may not ask, is Key Grow Farms. And Key Grow, as the name implies, is the key. This grow is the key. And not just for me and my partners and the people around us, but honestly, it's the key to so many other people's happiness, you know, and like I said before, if I can supply my mom with a lifetime supply of CBD oil, because as you've seen in the marketplace, man, that the price on CBD, isolate and extractions and, and uh, distillate and oils, um, you know, boy, it is high. It's, you know, it's kind of prohibitively high. And I know that in your practice with Gorilla Healer and some of your other uh, trademarks that uh, you've got a, a sliding scale when it comes to how you price your products and that I really dig. I really respect that, you know, because, you know, if somebody can afford it, um, you know, and I know it's kind of, kind of got a socialist ring on it, but look, I don't mind paying a few extra bucks for my CBD. If I know my mom or my grandma or somebody else is going to have to, is going to pay less. I don't mind that. I, I think it's cool. You know, my mom's got a fixed income, social security, I want her to have the same medicine I have, but I know she's not going to be able to afford three, four, five hundred 500 bucks a month, which is what kind of the going rate is for a 200 milligram tab one a day, you know? So yeah, if I could pay a little more for somebody to pay a little less, I don't mind that because it doesn't hurt me an extra hundred bucks here or there. It doesn't hurt me at all, but it's going to improve somebody else's life. So let's, you know, let's all get on that same page and, mm. you know, Um, maybe you can help me figure out how to get my products to market
1: and maybe that's a subject for another conversation. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm interested in exploring, um, positive channels of, uh, contributing greatness to our world, you know? So let's do that.
0: Right on. Well, you're good. You're a good human there.
1: <laughs> thank you. You make my parents happy. <laughs> um, well, hey man, thank you again. I know we both have a busy day ahead of us and uh just thank you for taking some time to share your story to help others, you know, light up the path and not feel alone and, and know that, you know, we could be busy, we could be a boss, we could be a worker, we could be You know, whatever we are and still have the ability to find relief and incorporate that into our lives and literally raise the quality of our life so we enjoy how we feel better. I grew up not feeling good. I grew up with a stomachache. I grew up, you know, feeling just always wanting more sugar or, you know, whatever it was. And uh, thinking that I needed more energy. So I just had something more sugar, more sugar, more sugar. Now I'm drinking more water and I'm taking oils and I'm drinking more water and I'm eating a little better and I feel better. You know, when I eat ice creams and breads and, you know, go out to eat all the time, boom, my body starts going into these pains and I start getting all these pains that compound over time. And I don't think that I'm you know, some invalid, you know, I I have family members that are disabled, though, at the same time, I know that when I've optimized my diet, healthcare and lifestyle, my whole entire life changed for the better. I lost so much weight. I look great. I feel great. And I have to, I have to keep at that. And it's, it's, it's it's a mindful approach to enjoying me. And from there, I get to show up better, you know, and when I'm not taking care of me as well, I don't show up as well. I have, a, I have less capacity to give my full care because my light is dimmer. And so it's up to me to do what's necessary so I can glow. And boom.
0: It's active. It's an active thing. And it's contrary to what a lot of people now have been programmed. Look, I'm hungry. Bam. drive through. Look, I'm thirsty. Bam. You know, 7-Eleven. You know, look, I need this. Bam. We don't actually put in any thought to where the, how these needs are being satisfied and it, and it you Know it's an active approach to life that you're describing where you actually have to get in the dirt and cultivate it because you're not going to have the life you want if you let somebody else give it to you, like Burger King.
1: <laughs> yeah, not man, bag on Burger King. But, you know. Shout out to every company out there who has the people and the planet and animals in mind when we're creating and offering our products and we're contributing greatness and we're not taking away and saying, hey, give me your money, and I'm going to give you something that you're probably going to like it. You're really going to like it. I know it because I put crack in it, sugar. And, you know, it's <laughs> not going to be good for you, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, just I'm going to put it in your health food. You look at all these new health That's foods, me. one of the first ingredients is sugar, you know? Right. And it's... Even uh, water, sugar, <laughs> sugar water, you know? So yeah, anyway, yeah. um, <clears throat> yeah, healthy balance. And yeah, just... Continue enjoying yourself, bro. Thank you. And, uh, you know, this this is good karma points. so, so. Well,
0: blessings to you as well, my friend. Let's talk soon.
1: All right, man. Shout out to your mom. So much love. All right. And uh, all the people out there who need it. We love you. <laughs> right on, bro. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. As we typically end this show, deep breath.
0: He's in love.